Well, okay. Let's, this is a different episode of the NFC's Mixtape. I'm going to get started. I'm going to be straight up with all the listeners right now. My name is Arjo Choa from SB Nation's Blog of the Boys. This is the NFC's Mixtape. This is volume, I think, like 72. Um, you can listen to this on any of the four SB Nation NFC East team podcast networks. Blog of the Boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage. Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Big, Blue View, Big Blue View for New York Giants. And, of course, Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders. Normally, my partner in crime, Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, is here with me. He is out. He's on assignment. BLG couldn't be here. Uh, too scared to face the music after, um, you know. I don't know, after whatever bad thing happened to the Eagles, because it's always happening. So joining me instead, an upgrade, most would say, from Hogshaven, the Hogshaven master on the ones and twos, uh, the podcast um, king, the podcast overlord, really, is really the best uh, way to put it, I think. Jamal Forrest, my great friend, uh, he and I have podcasts together many different times, um, talking about the Dallas Cowboys getting set to play Washington, so normally those haven't gone well for Jamal. Uh, but Jamal, welcome to the NFC's Mixtape. Uh, I'm sorry about the fandom that you have chosen to make your daily life. It's it's incredible. You know, I was going to say you oversold me, but then after after you threw some haymakers after the fact, you know, I'm going to take everything. Podcast King, all that good stuff. You know, I'm going to roll with it. But now nah, I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I listen to you all the time. The uh, the Hogshaven Podcast Network has a bit of a, a new look, new new voice, really kind of a, a, a fresh of sorts. Uh, so everybody make sure if you're a Commanders fan, or something, even if you're not, what we tell people, Jamal, is uh, obviously subscribe, leave a rating, write a review to their preferred team network. If they're Cowboys fans, blogging the boys is an example. But go leave a cross review, right? Go over to Hogshaven, every Cowboys and Eagles fan, um, and if you, you know, if you don't like them, that's fine. Give them a five-star rating. You can write whatever you want, right, Jamal? Like, talk about how bad the team is. You know, but five-star rating, that's all we care about. If 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 we, if Washington beats y'all, I just need to make sure anybody, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, I just need y'all to know, look, have that same respect, put that five-star, but then also, you know what I'm saying, give us a compliment. You know, mm. I appreciate the compliment. You know, no backhanded compliments either. No, no, nothing that RJ does. Like, no, I, nothing that know, he sends my way. <laughs> I uh, I would never do that, honestly. But uh, but anyway, uh, welcome Jamal. Sorry that Brandon couldn't be here. Well, the, the three of us oh, will mix okay. it up together in the future. Um, and so this is kind of the Washington episode as my dog. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Um, I've done shows with you in my car before. Uh, we've done so this it's always a hectic environment whenever I'm, I'm on the mic with you uh but so his name is bear so he like he loves the cowboys but also has like a thing for the bears and so it's tough times you know for for bear these days i about to say he going he is going through it back there look sometimes if when we do this in the future you like dakota's having a good time tearing up my socks right now Your dog's so name she's is not dakota <laughs> dakota yeah dakota exactly. rain uh-huh you know look come on you know about dakota too dakota prescott you know all the look you got you got some dakotas you're familiar with that's right <laughs> yeah, uh, north she, south she's a quiet and, right and prescott yeah wow that is so cool <laughs> i never knew that i'm excited uh for all the podcasting in the future because again normally when i've podcasted with you you've been the one asking the questions and it's not just you you bring an army you bring an entourage you're like vincent chase and so well, luckily I, it's still <laughs> two on one you know you still got eric and and, and nick on your side you know it's still you're still wow. i'm still outnumbered on my own show <laughs> that's true um well okay this is the washington commander show sometimes jamal we get accused of not showing enough love to the commanders or to the giants but you know to be frank this has been a division of kind of two teams for for a while like but uh, look i don't know if you know this or not you say you listen to the show i have defended carson wentz this year more than anybody all right i maintain 
that the way that the Indianapolis Colts did him was dirty. It was wrong. They ran him over. They backed up Chris Ballard, Frank Reich. They made the mistake. We'll call it a mistake of trading for once. Fine. But they acted like he was the big problem there. Like it was like they were these victims. And so I have really hated that. And I have made a lot of wagers that I think Carson Wentz will outperform Matt Ryan this season. That in no way makes me a Wentz fan, but I think he was much better than people kind of make him out to be. There are two quarterbacks who, who people let the meme kind of become bigger than the actual quarterback. And they both have played for Washington. Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. Neither are as bad as people make them out to be. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think it's like this all season has been so weird because I have my own opinion on Carson and I never thought that like elite, I never, that word never popped up to my head. 2017 different, like it is what it is, but that was five years ago. But recently it like that elite word never popped up to my head. I just always thought that he was a competent quarterback. So when you hear these things coming out of Indianapolis, you're trying to figure out like where are all these, like where did all this stuff get ballooned into the fact that like everything got exacerbated about how bad Carson Wentz was. Um, we understand he had his bad moments and uh, those bad moments are like not necessarily uh, seen in detail from an outsider's perspective. So the Indianapolis Colts and the brass and the, the locals, they know much more than we do. But at the same time, do you have to go on a campaign about it? I never understood the campaign and that's the thing that I never really, I never really bought into. It's like, what do you get with Carson? But ultimately, um the truth will uh, unveil itself like it's it's been a lot of outlier seasons from him 2017 mvp 2020 one of the worst quarterbacks in the nfl 2021 uh above average but what do you really get from carson you'll you'll know a lot this season because they have they ha he has much more help from a passing standpoint around him um and you can probably see what he does there but from a, a campaign a media campaign man it's been it's been incredible it's, i really haven't seen anything like it before <laughs> Dude, really it's, it's again like they 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 sold him out to save themselves right it was it was they had to make a bad they had to make a fall guy for for what happened in indianapolis and people like i'm not again like i don't think carson Wentz is elite to be very clear i just hate the way he was treated by the colts um and in a similar way an argument i've made many times is people love to say oh well carson lost to the the raiders and the jaguars he, he kind of pissed away the, the playoff spot for indianapolis last year you know who lost to the texans and the Raiders, Justin Herbert. But nobody ever cares. Nobody offers up anything, any point of criticism for him. It's it's just like when the Colts lose, it's, oh, well, you know, Carson Wentz sucked or whatever, blah, blah. The defense was super good, whatever. And I, again, Justin Herbert's awesome, but it's like when they lose, it's like, oh, man, Justin Herbert, his team just lets him down. He's so amazing. He's trapped by the chargersness of it all. It's not apples to apples, but to your point, it is the narrative. So that's where I'd like to start. I have some, some just kind of general commanders bullet points that we'll hit as we kind of walk through here everybody knows what's going on in the world of the cowboys and eagles so the, the commanders get this whole episode jamal um you had a tweet the first tweet we interacted you and i since uh you took over this post here was about Wentz. um what's it been like you've been out of camp you've been observing you've been taking notes studying pontificating do you feel like is i'll i'll phrase the question like this this is the best you have felt about a washington quarterback since who and why Oh, this one is a layup. You, you got well, RJ. You know, you in a division. We ain't got that many. We ain't got that many quarterbacks over here. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I know, but like, but no, it, was, it has to play be ball. since Kirk. That's yeah, fine. exactly. Let's play ball since Kirk Cousins. Um, that's that's really since it's been. Um, I, I think for me too, and, and to add on, uh, and you acknowledged it, RJ. So I can I can just uh go in agreement. Yeah, his last two his last two games in in Indianapolis were were very underwhelming. Uh, from a from an individual standpoint, we kind of understand the importance of a team aspect. From an ind individual standpoint, it's been underwhelming. You know, it is what it is, and he had his moments throughout the season uh, where you're kind of figuring out why, where where did this go wrong? Um, but 
to this point into this all season and for the Washington Commanders uh it's it's been good early on from from even from stemming from the OTAs he had a really good connection with Jahan Dotson it seemed like he was understanding what they wanted to do from a an offensive standpoint and things look good and then all of a sudden remember we talk about and it's good that you're in in you're in Texas like you have nothing really to worry about because this is going to be probably fresher information for you um but when training camp starts all of a sudden these narratives starts resurfacing itself like then by inaccurate inaccurate practices um not being in chemistry uh, not being in chemistry with the receivers not seeing the field well uh making poor decisions all these things these narratives and and stemming around Carson Wentz and then you get to the preseason games and then all of a sudden that goes away like everything that you've seen in preseason excuse me in training camp uh from reporters who are drumming up narratives which is fine like you see with your eyes but you may have exacerbated what the true the reality was about Carson Wentz um it may have not been as accurate or one of the worst practices that you ever seen um but but when you see training camp uh transition over to preseason games his first two preseason games He's looking like an, an average quarterback. He didn't have a terrible right. game. He didn't have an elite game, but he looked like an average quarterback in a preseason game going through the motions. And now all of a sudden, all these narratives quickly die out. Um, so all in all, this offseason, this training camp for Carson, uh, I mean, it's been mix and match. You, you don't know what you're going to get with, with this offense. They have a lot of pieces that Scott Turner is really being challenged with as well because now you're going to have to figure out how Scott Turner going to utilize all these guys. Jahan Dotson, really good rookie um you have these tight ends that Carson Wentz loves to hit like throughout his entire mm -hmm. career so you're trying to figure out who works with who but now you're trying to implement the fact that or cope with the fact that Logan Thomas was out the entire offseason um John Bates got hurt at the start of preseason so now you have Armani Rogers who is a guy that nobody really knows he's a tight end I mean excuse me a quarterback converted to a tight end so he's just he just played his first ever uh NFL football any collegiate game anything as a as a tight end like every like this is first ever game at tight end and he's about to make the roster so i'm all in all to say you don't know what you're going to get out of carson Wentz in the season but it's crazy to kind of go through the same thing that he went through in indianapolis and all those rumors and everything in philly it showed itself a little bit in training camp but ultimately i, I just think that some people just didn't know what they were seeing i think you're right i think people do pluck what they want like and again Carson has kind of burned the benefit of the doubt right which is why people are, are so like you know anxious to kind of you know bag on him or criticize him they, they, they want to make the joke about Carson Wentz like whatever it is and so like some some guys just that's just the way it goes and some people it's unfair again you can argue that Carson made his own bed you know from a public standpoint you know kind of selfish and Philly at least and obviously whatever so you know Carson's not a victim here is my point but yeah. um but there, there was the report this past weekend after the second week of the preseason about or rather there was the quote about Carson, you know, forcing it and, and, and saying, yeah, I know I need to check. I need to, you know, whatever. And so like that becomes the one thing. The only thing that anybody talks about is like same dude, same guy. And he is the same guy to some degree. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and say Carson Wentz is amazing, but all any kind of positive action or positive moment or positive momentum is washed away because he's just he's, he's somebody that people want to joke on. So they're taking every opportunity they can to do it. Yeah, it's, it's actually very interesting that you brought that up because um i actually saw a quote i think i saw somebody i don't even know it's the indianapolis account let's put it that way indianapolis account put you know that that play out there and uh one of the things that they showed on that play in which the quote came from uh post game was the fact that he had antonio gibson on the check down wide open i um, mean he's looking to his right 
but ultimately for those who are unaware with the play itself i would urge you to uh like just look at do a google search or maybe even look up uh mark bullock he broke the play down on his twitter whatever anything you'll see like the the concept calls for him to look to his right because that's where his read starts you're not going to see anybody on your left if the read starts on the right if your progression start on the right you're not going to see anything he did mess up though rj and um ultimately where he messed up was when jahan dodson the rookie receiver uh took the wrong release which ultimately messed up the play he should have threw it away and that's what happened and that's what sure. you're seeing in the quote that's what you're hearing in the post game quotes is the fact that he sh- he knew better he should have got rid of the ball um and this is where things lead to so it's, it's interesting how people just harp and bounce right. they was waiting for that one moment do not blame him for not seeing antonio gibson so that's my next question antonio gibson there's this weird energy weird he's handling kickoffs <laughs> like what yeah. give it because like we see that we see the alerts we see the headlines and that that's an awkward thing and Look, if there's one person on this team that I'm not a fan of, it's Ron Rivera. Big fan of Ron Rivera, the human being. Awesome. I would love to sit down, have a meal with Ron, maybe go on like a weekend trip. You know what I mean? Like play some pickleball, whatever. But Ron, the coach, I'm I'm out on. Uh, I want to hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Well, I just like, I think he gets like, he he's clearly, and this is a, a, a difficult job. I'm aware of that. Like, I'm not trying to say it's easy, but like some of this stuff just like falls on, on, on deaf ears for me. This like, he's always like, you know, pushing this like leadership agenda and like people make a big deal about the 2020 season. And I'm not trying to say that there wasn't anything impressive about that, but I would, I would say that the last two times this team has won the NFC East. And I say this coming from a Cowboys perspective, the YouTube audience can see I'm wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt, but the last time that they've won the division, the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys has missed double digit games. So, like, I don't credit Ron Rivera for doing anything. And I think if, if Dak Prescott hadn't been hurt in 2020, I think the narrative on Ron is different as opposed to, like, well, he won the division this year. And so I, I, I do have a question about Antonio Gibson, but I guess your thoughts on, on my thoughts on Ron Rivera. Um, yeah, I was just curious. I don't think you're, I don't think you're too far off. Um, and I also would say that I don't think there, I mean, I think there's a quite a few people within the Washington fan base within itself would actually like lean towards your beliefs around and in, in that, um, uh, Ron right. has had, Ron has had, um, instances where, you know, he's shown from a, 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 an actual management of the organization, trying to change the culture that he's capable of doing that. But that has nothing to do with his ability on mm-hmm. the field. And um, the issue with Ron Rivera going into year three is that you had to make the match. Like you had a good season. Let me even take that back. You had a season where <laughs> where you finished strong, but you've had uh, opponents that were lower quality uh, backups. A lot of backups played. You took advantage of that. You can't complain about the people you play against. You just got to dominate. It is what it is. Right, right. But you got to take that in context because the, the very next year, there's a lot of people who are believing in your defense, who's believing that they're capable of holding things together. That is the side of the ball that you are ultimately known for. And your your bottom half of the league, your bottom third of the league, really, like it's that bad on that side of the ball. And you're trying to figure out where did things go wrong and you have no clue. But ultimately, you go into year three and like some of these same issues, some of these same questions exist on August 23rd, 2022, that existed in your very first year as a, as a Washington football team head coach like it's a lot of it's a lot of people that believe what you're believing rj and um i'm not going to sit here and say i'm in the middle i'm ron is in a show me state for me like he has to he has to prove that he's capable of, of being a, a competent head coach in washington I, I there's a lot of things where it's like uh lip service 
is is something that for me is is something where it's like I I hear what you're saying, but I ain't seeing what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's just kind of where I'm at with Ron, man. And it's just being honest. I, I know people love the you know like the optimism thing is okay, and I'm here. I want to hope for the best. I like what they have from a uh like the the actual strategy what they want to get accomplished i see it with this with this personnel but can you coach these guys to get it done do you have them in the right space to get it done we're going to see but right now i got to see it i don't i don't believe what you're talking about i'm really happy that you know we're having this conversation because it's it's important it's it's instructive and i think enlightening to hear your perspective on this um i just would like all maybe the world to acknowledge that i was right that you know my <laughs> thought on ron is, is what washington fans feel you're in the ballpark um, some people some of them you're it, in the ballpark it, it, for sure <laughs> and like i don't think it's unique i think it just kind of it's, it's what happens to, to coaches it reminds me and i don't mean to say this about ron because i know this is gonna like a negative thing it reminds me of jason garrett like you know at the end it was like this he's a phenomenal human being like you know he would make a wonderful ceo you're you know what i mean or like face of a company like he totally understood the the public part of of being the dallas cowboys head coach which is a different job in and of itself uh ron is is tasked with a very unique challenge i don't think anybody would dispute that and i think he has handled the controversial side of this organization wonderfully to your point but to your point as well that is completely different than who you are on Sundays as a football coach I really don't give him any credit for winning the division um the cowboy factor as mentioned Doug Peterson threw that game you know what I mean like one of your seven wins that yeah. won the division what mm -hmm. was was thrown to you and I'm not saying they wouldn't have won otherwise but I mean it, it you was saw it. you saw it on Philly side exactly right you never know um, what would happen if they went head up 100% you don't know right and so like if that doesn't happen like that is and we actually had a conversation a year ago doing a what if like what if Philly wins that game um Washington would have been a position in a position to draft Justin Fields in the draft a year ago and so it's it's the consequence of like you know if you're a Washington fan then like was it really worth winning the division and losing at the Bucks in the wild card or had that you know a draft pick 10 spots higher or whatever we're not here to relitigate that but um okay so you're you're on the same page same wavelength ish as Ron Rivera that's good to know we're two for two so far uh Jamal that's really nice to hear Antonio Gibson give us the lowdown because this is really weird uh again and this was this was one of those like the things that also irked me about Ron well I, we're gonna use Antonio Gibson the way I use Christian McCaffrey we're gonna bring in Curtis Samuel like dude you can't just like get the band back together and think that you know you're gonna be the 2015 Carolina Panthers just because you want to be uh so a year ago Antonio Gibson supposed to be Christian McCaffrey right now handling kickoffs in the preseason what happened what do we expect from him this season um well our long story short and I'll expand a little bit the long story short is that uh Antonio Gibson can't be trusted <laughs> carrying the football in between the I saw you wrote about this a, though you did write that Scott Turner can maybe help with with the fumbling issues but that is a maybe sort of thing yeah um he can't he, he really can't be trusted in and it's not that he's benched and he's relegated to the sideline and he'll never see handoffs ever again but that's the long story short he's not the primary he's not the primary back anymore if i had to make a prediction um like there's no nothing in concrete status but uh what ultimately happened this past weekend for washington was that brian robinson got the start like and and that's why you see antonio gibson's on kickoff is because they wanted to see how Ron Robinson flowed with the ones off the rip. They wanted to see what he looked like, what, how was he able to handle certain concepts. And they tested Brian Robinson in a gap run they, or, or, or power run, but also in a zone run. And he hit both of them perfectly. Like whatever blocks they had, he was able to maximize every single yard that they gave him from an offensive line standpoint. And I think personally, that's what uh, led me to believe he had a, he had a solid game overall Antonio, uh, excuse me, Brian Robinson, but, uh, that's what led me to believe that he'll ultimately take over. But to your question, what happened with Antonio Gibson, 
um look when you fumble six or seven times last year and i don't know the exact number in terms of how many were lost but he led the league whatever the numbers was that he actually lost he led the league in, in fumbles lost as well um it's, it's alarming on top of the fact that you're not able to find the same holes that brian robinson is doing mm -hmm. um and that was a challenge all throughout the season and uh it's, it's an indication on how good the offensive line played for him to get over a thousand yards as a rusher last year so a lot of people see the surface numbers especially if you're outside of washington and you're looking at like fantasies or or maybe um like who should i get as as my number one i don't do fantasy so I, i'm struggling oh, in that man. aspect you're, you're one of those people okay fine. <laughs> look i gamble <laughs> i you know i, I gamble man sure. and, and nowadays i watch film so that's all that's because of my time but to the fantasy point uh you know you kind of you look you look at those numbers like who is the guy that's getting all these yards and washington has a guy in antonio gibson who gets a lot of yards and he scores touchdowns and i think in between those numbers just from a from an actual performance standpoint he could have had if he had 1100 yards i don't have the numbers in front of me he could have had 1300 or 1400 right. like that's kind of how that thing works with antonio gibson so um ultimately uh when you have those issues you have a, a person with ball security issues um who's having the same exact problem when he fumbles it's not nothing like he's fumbling in a variety of ways like it's he's very loose with the football when he goes down on contact um so when you have all these things and it trans it carries over into this year and he has he was responsible partly responsible for two fumbles in practice leading up until mm. the week in which he fumbled against the panthers like he wasn't fully responsible but he was partially responsible for those in, in practice but when you fumble against the panthers right in your first preseason game now we got it we got to change up everything because we didn't give you so many opportunities to carry to be the primary back for this guy for this team and uh you've shown us that you can't really come through so that's what you've seen this upcoming week you've seen them in, in special teams you've seen him a uh, kick return he was actually on punt punt block i mean i'm not punt block but <laughs> punt, punt punt um punt coverage i don't know why i thought about that but punt coverage uh so he wasn't necessarily returning the punt he was playing slot on that on that side of the ball so you just understood his role is is, is completely changed and they're trying to find ways to expand it um but also decrease the amount of carries that he sees from an actual running back standpoint wow um uh, see like that's a different i don't want to go back down the wrong path but like it's one thing to like effectively bench him but it's another thing to like have this dude on punt teams you know what i mean like that's just that's silly. Like I can't think of a veteran running back who isn't like kind of a, a classic special teamer that is is doing that. You know, it, but it does it does seem like a well, you know what we want to we want to make him earn his way back type of thing, like that an old school coach like Ron would do. I mean, ultimately, I understand, but ultimately, I think when it comes to Antonio and, and I had this, we had months long battles. I, those Twitter spaces, I just got involved with those, but <laughs> you know, we I, I be hopping in those sometimes, and a lot of people like, look, man, he's young, he. He he's had less fumbles than Adrian Peterson, Walter Payton, and all these, and 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 Frank, uh, guy from Pittsburgh. You know, I'm, I'm dropping I'm dropping a, I'm dropping a ball in his name, but um, like all of these guys, all these Hall of Famers, he he's had less fumbles in the same amount of years and the same amount of time as these guys, and and and, and I'm sitting here thinking like you're talking about a guy in in Antonio who's nowhere near the level of talent as a ball carrier as a running back than these guys are. Like it doesn't matter like on on the surface how talented you are how ta how what how much potential he has he's been in the league for two years they asked him to play running back they asked you to take over on this role they didn't ask you to play uh, a receiver or a slot receiver or even play that cmc role that ron rivera said he envisioned them in like that wasn't the case they asked you to come in after your first year to take over the running back spot but you came in the league period as a running back so it doesn't matter what exactly um 
the statistics look like compared to Hall of Famers, mm -hmm. you and your skill set at the position that they drafted you to be in because you are a professional football player, you are not getting the job done. And that's kind of where it ultimately comes down to for, for Antonio Gibson. I do want to acknowledge because we are talking about like what happened. I do want to acknowledge that he is a talented player and there's uh, there's other ways you could use him on the offense. Um, that includes him getting ball carries. You just can't really trust him in between the tackles. Um, but you can also use him as a as a pass catcher. Um, you can use him out of the backfield as a pass catcher. You can motion him to the slot and, and make sure you draw a play for him in that way as well. Like There's ways to get him the ball. You just have to limit the amount of times and amount of exposures that you give him when you want to run him in between the tackles because you cannot trust him. Wow. Tough times for Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Two, two last ones for you, Jamal. Um, and they're both kind of – one's kind of quick and the other is just kind of existential. The quick one, uh, you mentioned the date. We're recording this on August 23rd, 2022. And today was the first day that NFL teams could put players on the reserve pup list. The commanders did that with Chase Young. So he's out for the first four games of the season. Your concern level, panic level, he's going to miss – a game against the Eagles and a game against the Cowboys. Uh, he missed both games against the Cowboys last year. Um, is that like, is that a big factor for you in the first four games? Cause I mean, missing two divisional games, missing one of your best players for that. That's, you know, those are consequential games throughout the first month of the year. Um, in, in short it, there's, I wish I had them for Philly and I wish I had them for Dallas. Um, but ultimately, uh, I, like we kind of understood a long time ago, at least over here that, you know, he wasn't going to be ready for week one. We mm -hmm. just didn't know, like, the timetable. So, for him to be on PUP, you're looking at four weeks. Okay, cool. Four weeks minimum, but hoping to get him back in, in that fifth game. Okay, cool. That's fine. But ultimately, you're talking about a guy who is the number two overall pick in 2020, at least for your team. So, um, rushing him back isn't – like, that's not ideal for Washington, and they're trying to play the long game, and they're trying to make sure that he's straight for his career, but also for Washington's sake. But, um, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not concerned right now. I would be concerned if – that pup list time comes in week five and he's still, they're saying, mm -hmm. you know, we need to sit him out a little bit more. I'm like, all right, well, when is he going to, when is he ever going to come back? So <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But we knew based on this ACL injury, when it happened, um, the extent, the extent of damage done, we won't get him back week one. Well, yeah, I mean, I get it. And it's, it's the right thing. It's just, it's frustrating, but then it's like, how can you be frustrated if it's the right thing? It's just like this circle that you kind of go through. Um, last thing, cause we talk about, the commanders a lot from a culture standpoint um obviously but we're not in it right like it, i think it's different for people who have been a fan of the team uh through everything and so it's obviously not been you know a fun few years but just focusing on this offseason you've got the rebrand that happens um jason wright had the clap back if you want to call it that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um uh, you know in 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 the name of carson wentz um you know we'll see you know how things go but like are you confident that like do you feel better about things or have you are you just like apathetic like do you do you just like approach this like you know what i just like the football team you know what i mean like that's all i care about have you disconnected from that kind of stuff like what are your thoughts on just like the fandom of washington and, and where the fan base is and how people perceive do people we you know we don't think jason right knows what he's doing but like what's what's the temperature you know among you and, and other people at Hogshaven? well i mean i'm I'm a, I'm appreciative of the way you asked that question because it, it it allows different avenues to go down. And for me, a person who, and I'll, I'll this is a long answer, but I'll, I'm not going to do this to you. I'm not going to do that to you. I, I won't give you the 10 minute answer that Ron could give you at a podium <laughs> if you ask him a simple, <laughs> if you ask him a simple question. But um, no, like for me, man, 
I've always been in love with from a personal standpoint. I've always been in love with football. Like that was that was my go to when I was growing up. Uh, skins. I'm in the area like Washington D.C. My my mom, my dad, all football. Like they love Washington teams, everything like that. So come uh, coming to love Washington was was easy for me. Um, uh, and ultimately, like as my as I grew older and things like that, football always stayed. So it it didn't matter. <clears throat> while I'm frustrated with the team, it didn't matter exactly that they were being bad because like ultimately, I'm still a fan of football. Like, I, can, I can watch the Washington game. I can be upset. And then I can still like, all right, bet we got a good Sunday night football game on today. I'm not about to, why would I be upset? Like Cowboys I got, Eagles I good, on Sunday night. Yeah, for sure. I got a good football <laughs> game on tonight. Like I'm not worried about anything, anything like that. Of course I'm thinking about the mob, but I'm, I still got good football on. I'm not mm-hmm. going to stress over why these guys are playing. So ultimately, I, I say that to say some people in, in this area and some people that are tied to Washington are only Washington fans, and it hurts them more. It hurts them a lot more than than the person who actually loves the sport, who loves the actual game of football, who is appreciative of the other games around the NFL and enjoys good football or just en- enjoys football, period. So I'm, a, I'm in a situation that I'm not going to say is unique, but I'm, that's the that's the point of view that you get from me as a person who can actually look at the game, see what went wrong, and I won't even worry about that off the field stuff. I, I mean, I'm, I'm paying attention to it, but are you going to hear me talk about that as much? No. I, you may see some tweets on Twitter that may draw some attention, but do you think that I'm going to sit there and look at that tweet and be like, that's how I really feel like 24-7? It's an instance. It's an mm-hmm. instant moment. That Jason Wright thing, the instant that he had with the reporter defending Carson Wentz, a lot of people went back back and forth for like three or four days. It took me two days to get over it. Like, of course, my mentions are flowed with, filled with, with comments, but I'm not thinking about it. Like, I don't care about something that Jason Wright did for, for Carson Wentz. I think that it was very petty and immature from a president. But I, you're not going to see me dwell on it. But ultimately, to your point, people at Hogshaven have their feelings towards um, the team, the organization, uh like they they like they're older than me too like i'm for those who are just introduced to me i'm 28 i turned 29 in a couple months um but there's some people that's older than me like mid 30s if not 40s and you know they knew the redskins they knew this team as it was when it was successful and so they can see the transition and and where things went wrong from a dance standpoint Mm -hmm. and this new era where they actually got rid of the name and they transitioned to the commanders Mm -hmm. so like while even the name changed for me I'm I've been I've been in bread with like the Redskins stuff, but at the same time, I don't know the Redskins to be successful. Like I I don't know that. Right. <laughs> I'm being honest. I don't know it. So right. um like it doesn't it doesn't hurt me and I, I understand it and I respect and and feel for the people who went through it. I understand mm-hmm. it and I respect it, but um ultimately I'm here for football, baby. That's that's what I love. Um you're like now like now something like we've got to deal with is like, oh, like all these like I mean, I wouldn't say kids, but maybe like 15 year olds, like kids in college now, like, oh, you know, Troy Aikman played football. Like he, the Cowboys were good. You know what I mean? Like, like people like now just like to your point, like only know Troy for like, it's been long enough or, you know, that's a, a different kind of example, but they, like that, like that'll happen to Romo. You know what I mean? Yeah. People will only know him. So I get that. That's an interesting point of view. Cause most of the people we speak to, there is this like sense of like, 
I'm just tired of it. Like, I'm just tired. I just watch the games on Sundays, whatever. I respect that you can you can emotionally check in and the game's on. It's over. Hey, let's discuss. Let's assess. Let's analyze. Let's, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, the, the Bills and, you know, I don't know, the Vikings are playing tonight, whatever. Let's watch Kirk. Um, go get that dub, the one that we uh, the, the one that we let get away in Kirk Cousins. Or, or uh, maybe throw the game losing interception. Who knows? Uh, wow. <laughs> um, the Jason Wright thing, it's, you know, that was it was a great thing for uh, for talk radio. You mentioned your Juan Soto. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's been tough to get over to. So. And look, everybody's going through it. Juan <laughs> Soto, Jason Wright. Look, I look at, at some point, Bradley Bill was about to get traded or, or let go. They was they was going through it with Bradley Bill, too. So, look, a lot of things going on over here. Uh, wow. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, look, at least we adopted Carson Wentz, though, RJ. Like a lot of people have, have taken and, and this is no shot to the fan base because we just do it with every quarterback that we get. There's no particular shot to people, but some sometimes you got to wait and see. But there's also a section of the fan base who already claimed them and, and propelled them to be a great quarterback. And I'm like, you do not know what you're getting into. Do not do it yet. <laughs> just wait it out. <laughs> I, I I don't want him to have success for obvious reasons. Um, like I wish him health, wealth, and happiness. You know what I mean? But like, I don't want him to have success. But I do. I want the Colts to be exposed for being fraud so badly. Like I, I want that to happen. Just because, like, I thought it was it's, so. It's it was so wrong. Like the way they treated him. And so, um, and and I don't think Matt Ryan is is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan or than Carson Wentz today. I think he's probably a better leader. Right? Like I don't think that's a difficult thing to believe. And I don't know how much you value that. You know what I mean? But like, I don't think. Like he's a less mobile version of Carson Wentz. And I recognize that some of Carson Wentz's mobility is part of his problem. And you know what I mean? Like his, his haphazardness and his chaoticness and whatever. But I mean, you know, like I, I can tell you from a Cowboy standpoint, I'm pretty certain I speak for BLG. I've never been afraid of Taylor Heineke. I've never been afraid of Alex Smith. I've never been afraid of, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can name you know nine, I mean? nine other quarterbacks. Go ahead. Go through the list. Yeah. Nine, nine <laughs> like, more. <laughs> no, but I, I was afraid of Kirk. I mean, Kirk Kirk had his moments against the Cowboys. Like, he, he, he had some nice moments. Colt McCoy had a moment against the Cowboys. Like, so, I mean, Carson at least gives me pause. You know what I mean? It, I do think it's an upgrade. And I think we didn't even mention Terry McLaurin. But with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, uh, Brian Robinson, I suppose, um, you know, <laughs> like, that, that's a lot to work with. And they're, they're, that the defense regressed way past the mean last year. And there was some stabilization as the year worn on. Um, so I think, look, I would if, if the Commanders won seven, eight games this year, I would not be like the most surprised person in the world. That's kind of where I'm at. Seven, seven and eight. You know, I would I would be surprised if we if we get under 500. Uh, but here's the thing, though, to, to something that you actually spoke on. Um, I would be surprised if we go under 500. And, and the main reason is because of the pressure that Ron Rivera put on himself. Like he involuntarily involuntarily stated that this was a big season for him and i have and when people ask me about my predictions i tell them all the time look i say 10 wins off the strength of ron like hey ron said he need to get this done okay bet i'm gonna say you're gonna go 10 and 7. like i at the, at the bare minimum i see a 10 and 7 season and let me go ahead and outline the wins that he should get because if he don't get these wins i'm gonna be mad at him but i'm gonna also be like hey look this is what you told us so you need to make sure get, by the end of this season can i guess you don't have any excuses uh yeah let's and let me let me pull them up let me pull up my schedule too go ahead let's let's see what, okay. let's see what you get i want to get if i have to give washington 10 um yep let me know when you're ready because i think schedule. yep I'm, okay i'll give him jacksonville again like if we're if we're kind of yeah one of my going tens. off what ron said yep jacks right. yeah uh jacksonville at detroit i won't and yep. i won't give them philly or dallas especially not without chase young um i won't give them tennessee i'll give them chicago that's i would Thursday. say tennessee God, what a, 
So you well, let's go through yours. Tennessee. I'm bad. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Go through yours. Well, no. So I mean, we're going chance. in order. I've got three through week six um, with Chicago. Okay. I I want okay. them to win against Indianapolis. Like again, just give it to me. Like give me give me the chaos. So I'll give them four there. Um, okay. I'll give them Houston. That would be five. Okay. Five. If you tell me, Atlanta, look that that little stretch right there, dude. Starting in week eleven. So they play. They're in Philly on Monday Night Football in week ten, and then at Houston, Atlanta, at New York by. New York, the Giants, to be specific here. Okay. Look, I don't know that I, w- I, d- I felt silly saying it w- that they could go 4 0 in those games, but like if they split them or won three of those games, like I would not be stunned by that. I mean, and they're unfortunate, and Cleveland's a whole different thing, but that they drew Cleveland in the penultimate week of the regular season, so they don't get Jacoby Brissett. But so to count mine, I've got Jacksonville, Detroit, Chicago, Indies four. If I give them three of the ones I said, that's seven. So, I mean, you know, and then some weird crap happens, you know, maybe 10, but I can only get to seven. So, I'm sorry. So, no, you're good. So, I'm going to run through, I'm going to run through my 10, and this is August 23rd, right? But if, mm-hmm. if based on what Ron is saying, I'm saying Jacksonville, I'm saying Detroit, I'm saying home versus Philly, I'm saying home versus Tennessee, I'm saying at Chicago, I'm saying home versus Green Bay, I'm saying home versus Minnesota, I am saying home versus Atlanta, uh, we're sweeping New York Giants. And then we got any pick of the litter with the last three. But because I don't like the Cowboys, I'm going to say we beat the <laughs> beat the Cowboys at home, and that's going to be the 10th win. Well, you know, that game against the Cowboys is week 18, and, and Dak and everybody will have wrapped up the one seed. So they'll be sitting everybody anyway. So, you know, maybe you can nah, – I, I doubt off. it. You know, um, Philly, but, Philly, okay, Philly, so Philly's you've, boys I mean, number again, one seed, you know. I understand the exercise you're doing here. You have them starting off 7-2 and because uh, you said Jacksonville, Detroit, the home game against Philly, that would be 3-0. and and then so you have their first loss at AT&T Stadium against the Cowboys where they fought each other on the benches a year ago. Um, Tennessee would give them 4-1 at Chicago. They'll be 5-1. And, and then you got make, you've got them beating the Packers to get to 6-1 and one on the season. Yeah, now this is all on the fly. But at the end of the day, 10 <laughs> wins is 10 wins. <laughs> let, sure. me, let me sit down and, and talk about it. But for sure, 10 wins. Look, we're talking about what Ron Rivera is saying. I, I really think, to, like, to your point, man, when you talk about just the, the situation that they're in and uh, the quarterbacks that you weren't af- afraid of. Carson Wentz gives them some elements of, of stabiliz- st- stabilization or whatever the word is. I struggle with things like that. Um, <laughs> but they bring you some consistency at that spot. And uh, I agree. Like, we haven't had a quarterback in, like this for some time who can really challenge you deep and, and press those vertical routes. Terry, Jahan is going to be able to flourish in that aspect. Uh, you get uh, Cole Turner, a rookie guy who can kind of stretch vertically down the seams. You can get somebody that can do that. Um, and then, like, some other areas in which Scott could or should be able to scheme people open. Um, sure, I, I get it. Uh, but, you know, Ron put the pressure on himself. So, I'm going to keep that pressure on Ron all season. Okay, last thing for you. If Washington does not win the division, for whatever reason, who does? Just so we have you on record. You know what I mean? Nah, you're good. You're good. I'm going to say Philly. Um, it's Dude, what, Philly. we go so way back. What on earth? Yeah, well, you you ought to know better. You didn't throw several haymakers at me, and they were unwarranted. So, uh, this is what you get. <laughs> um, but it's nah, the uh, NFC's th- mixtape. It's supposed to be back and forth. But go ahead, your 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 point about Philly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Philly is in a position, man, where it's it's crazy. Like I, I don't know much about what you're going to get with Jalen Hurts in this year. Like they they're giving him all the help in the world that they could. Like AJ mm-hmm. Brown, dog. Um, and then obviously we know about. 
the other receivers that they have or the other receiver that they have, Devontae, um, and, and being able to, to work with these two guys in particular is good. And obviously the tight end, Goddard. But overall, that, that run game is just powerful. And I like what they did in the draft, man, building up on the interior, being able to uh, get Bradbury to come to Philly uh, and stay in that division. I just think that they have pieces there on paper that can suggest um, regardless of how bad – and not saying that he's going to play bad, but regardless of how bad he does play Jalen Hurts, they're going to be able to overcome it in, in different ways. And uh, I don't think Dallas, because the way the, the pieces that they lost, um, now you can fill me in with the preseason and how things have come along in training camp as well. But just given the, the situation that I know, um, I don't think that they're capable of, of running it back and being able to, uh, to, 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 to run back to back with the NFC East champs. The only thing I would disagree with that you said is you said the pieces that they lost. I would say the pieces they got rid of. You know what I mean? Like, lost implies that it was somewhat outside of their control. You know, they okay. traded away Amari Cooper. They cut Lyle Collins. I mean, it, yeah. you know, they, they, looked be- they looked better this past preseason game, but they're really top-heavy. You know what I mean? Like, if the moment they – I've been – every way I've talked about it, I've referred to them as the, um, the house of the little piggy built out of twigs. You know what I mean? Not the house of straw, but you know what I'm saying? Like – and it's appropriate since you, you know you're hogs haven uh but like you know the the first like big bad huff puff from the big bad wolf like it's coming down the first like dude they don't have a swing tackle right now they don't and and you know why, why would you need a swing tackle tyron smith has only missed time six years in a row you know what i mean there's no precedent for this why why would you prepare for that you know what i mean uh so it's stuff like that like right now you know they're they're starting receivers week one or cd lamb and i don't know noah brown and simi fahoko i mean so i don't know that that scares What's the you your boy gallop I mean, they did not put him that they were talking on the reserve pup list. So okay. there's still like some kind of like, you know, fingers crossed hope that maybe they believe he can. He's already said he's going to miss the opener. So maybe they, you know, maybe he can come back week two, week three. Um, but maybe they put him on that list next week when they finalize the 53 man rosters. Maybe, you, know, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know. Um, but I mean, he's probably I would I would reckon he's probably going to miss three to four games. That's what it kind of feels like. It's felt that way all along. Um, I mean, he toured in January. And so. You know, yeah, it's just it's only been eight months. So, um, wow. Maul, uh, give everybody the info where they can find you, the podcast, Twitter, plug it all, please, so that everybody can see everything you say and then get upset with you because they're not Washington fans and then you can argue with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, you can find me on first and foremost, RJ, appreciate the invite. Um, I definitely appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at let Maul tell it. Uh, M U A L. Um, I know people sometimes don't know how to spell Jamal. Um, so. Let Maul tell it uh, with the U. Uh, but also Hogshaven Podcast. Uh, you can find that on all podcast platforms. The same way you, same way you get blogging the boys, you'll find Hogshaven as well. Um, and, and I mean, my written work, same thing on the website, hogshaven.com. And then I got my, my own side thing with the Trapper Dive Podcast where RJ and I met. Um, but apparently Nick and, and, and Eric have known him for a long time because they've been listening forever. <laughs> um, so so that's, where, that's where we all tie in all together. So uh, like I said, RJ, man, I'm looking forward to the conversations upcoming throughout the season. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, uh, we'll definitely have you on the mixtape. We'll definitely do some stuff at Blogging the Boys as well. Uh, tell Nick and Eric I said uh, hello, that they're wonderful, and that I hope that what they eat for dinner is amazing. I hope what you eat is very good, <laughs> not amazing. Um, what are you eating yeah, for dinner tonight? Uh, you got, that, that, you got that, that bias stuff, and you know what I'm saying? What, what, what are you eating for dinner? Give us, give us as we uh, leave, what you, I, what's for dinner tonight? I think I got some uh, – I still got some beef – some beef uh, beef uh, strips, beef strips. Um I know it doesn't sound amazing, but they're they're amazing. It's like it's like ribs. It looks like it looks like ribs, like thick, some very thick ribs, um, beef ribs. So I'm about to I'm about to as soon as my, my podcasts are done, I'm about to I'm about to go to work. I'm telling okay. you. Are you giving the bones to Dakota? <laughs> uh no, nah, they're too small. I don't trust her. 
Okay. The, that's the bones are going to be too small. So we'll no. give Dakota a pet from all of us. Uh, Maul, thanks so much for hanging out, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Y'all be safe. <laughs>